You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Jeremiah 15, verse 1, and I don't know if I'll get through this whole chapter. I'd, I'd like to, but for sake of time, I may just cover a portion of it. It says in verse 1, Then said the Lord unto me, Though Moses and Samuel stood before me, yet my mind could not be toward this people. Cast them out of my sight and let them go forth. And it shall come to pass, if they say unto thee, Whither shall we go forth? Then thou shalt tell them, Thus saith the Lord, Such as are for death to death. Some were going to die. Such as are for the sword to the sword, and such as are for the famine to the famine, and such as are for the captivity to the captivity. That doesn't sound good. Uh, The people of Judah, some would die, and some would uh, be killed by a sword, and some would die by the famine, and some would be carried captive. Those four options don't sound good, but that's what was coming for God's people. Verse 3, and I will appoint over them four kinds, saith the Lord, the sword to slay, and the dogs to tear, and the fowls of the heaven, and the beasts of the earth to devour and destroy. Verse 4, and I will cause them to be removed into all kingdoms of the earth, Notice verse 4. Because of Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, king of Judah, for that which he did in Jerusalem. Hold your place in Jeremiah 15. And turn back with me, please, to 2 Kings 21. 2 Kings 21, the Bible gives just a, a, a description of Manasseh and what he did in Jerusalem. It says in verse number Uh, three, that he built up again the high places which King Hezekiah had destroyed. Verse two, he did that which was evil in the sight of the Lord after the abominations of the heathen. Verse three, he reared up altars for Baal and made a grove and as did Ahab king of Israel and he worshiped all the host of heaven and served them. These are the sins of Manasseh who was a king. And verse four, he built altars in the house of the Lord, of which the Lord said, in Jerusalem will I put my name. And he built altars for all the host of heaven in the two courts of the house of the Lord. Can you imagine the blasphemy to go into the temple and to build altars to false gods in the very temple that was reserved for Jehovah God? Verse 6, he made his son to pass through the fire and he observed times and used enchantments and dealt with familiar spirits and wizards and He wrought much wickedness in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger. Jeremiah 15, the Bible tells us that Judah is now reaping some of the consequences for the wickedness of Manasseh. Verse 9, but they hearken not. Manasseh seduced them to do more evil than did the nations whom the Lord destroyed before the children of Israel. God's people were so wicked that the things they were doing were worse than the heathen nations that God had destroyed before them. Verse 16, Moreover, Manasseh shed innocent blood very much till he had filled Jerusalem from one end to another. Can I tell you, 
The nation of Judah was being judged by God, yes, for their wickedness and their idols and for their blasphemy and for the way that they were living and their immorality and they were backslidden, but they were also being punished because of the innocent blood that was being shed. I'll tell you, uh, the Bible says that these, uh, these six things doth the Lord hate, yea, seven are an abomination. One of the things on that list is hands that shed innocent blood. And may God help us in our country. And I'm thankful that we're seeing some movement towards and we're seeing some people have their eyes open to recognize that a precious baby in the mother's womb is a life and that is an innocent life. And may God have mercy on us for the innocent blood that is being shed every day in our country. It's amazing to me. And I, by the way, I thank the Lord for governors and I thank the Lord for leaders who are in favor of saving life. I say amen. But that life is not just an adult. That life is not just a senior citizen. There's also a baby in a mother's womb. And that life needs to be protected as well. God was judging his people for the sins of Manasseh. One of those sins was innocent blood that was shed. Go back with me to Jeremiah 15. That's not the message. And I better get back on track or we'll be here a while on that. Maybe another day. But verse number five, for who shall have pity upon thee, O Jerusalem? Or who shall bemoan thee? Or who shall go aside to ask how thou doest? Thou hast forsaken me, saith the Lord. Thou art gone backward. Therefore, I will stretch out my hand against thee and destroy thee. I am weary with repenting. Lord, would you speak to us as we look at your word this evening? I pray that you would fill me and use me. And I pray that I would be spirit-filled as a preacher, but I pray that the listeners tonight, whether by the internet or by radio, I pray that they would be spirit-filled as well. Lord, I pray we would listen not for uh, to criticize, not to critique, but I pray we would listen so that we could be helped and so we could be closer to you and so we could be right with you. And may we learn from the example from Judah of what not to do. And may we learn from the message of Jeremiah, the message of repentance and turning back to God. I pray that you'd help us tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Notice in verse number one, God lists two leaders that had been very, very powerful, very influential, very godly leaders in Israel's history. He listed Moses and, he, and Samuel, both of those men. And it's interesting that God said, if those two men were here right now, if they were standing before me, I would still have to punish the nation of Judah. You know what's amazing is you can have the greatest leaders, uh, I think of some of our young people, you can have the greatest parents, you can have a great youth pastor, you can have a great pastor, you can have great Sunday school teachers, we can have great leaders in our country, but if we don't follow them, if we don't do what they lead us to do, and if we don't submit to their leadership, doesn't do us any good. And may God help us to follow godly leadership, and may God help us to follow the word of God that leads us and guides us every day. Verse 2, we see the serious judgment for God's people. We saw the sins, some of the sins of Manasseh. And the nation of Judah was paying for that sin. And because of their national sins, verse number 5, there was no pity. Nobody felt sorry for Judah. Everybody that looked on at Judah said, they deserve what's coming. Verse 6, they forsook God. Boy, that's a dangerous position to be in. I want to remind you tonight 
that whenever you, whenever I get away from God, there is no limit to how far you will go. You think you can handle it. You think you've got a grip on things and you think you can get away with things and you think you can have pet sins and you think that you can do this and nobody will ever know or you can act this way and nobody will ever find out. I've got news for all of us. When we get away from God, there's no limit to how far we'll go. You've heard it said before, but sin will always take you farther than you want to go. Sin will always keep, keep you longer than you want to stay and sin will always cost you far more than you want to pay. The nation of Judah was experiencing that. It says they went backward. They, they should have been growing and they should have been getting closer to God, but instead they were, they were backsliding and they were drifting farther away from God, so much so that in verse 6, God says, I am weary with repenting. Now, if we confess our sins, the Bible says God is faithful and just to forgive us. God's not saying, I'm not going to forgive you and don't say you're sorry. That's not what God was saying. But God's people, they became guilty of just saying it, but not meaning it. They became guilty of, of trying to act like, oh, oh, we're so sorry, when in reality, there was no true repentance. There was no true remorse. There was no uh, true conviction of sin. Verse number eight, excuse me, verse number seven the Bible says that I will fan them out with a fan in the gates of the land. I will bereave them of children. I will destroy my people since they return not from their ways. They would not return. Verse 8, their widows are increased. Verse number 8, the, I have caused them to fall upon it suddenly in terrors upon the city. They were experiencing the judgment of God. Mothers uh, crying, verse number 9, and languishing for children that had been killed. Verse 8, their widows were increased because of the famine and because of the death and because of the sword and because of the battle. Verse number 10, Woe is me, Jeremiah says, this is all coming upon God's people. But Jeremiah says, but I am being persecuted. And Jeremiah said, I'm trying to tell them the truth, but uh, they're turning on me and they're persecuting me. Verse number uh, 10, woe is me, my mother that has borne me a man of strife and a man of contention to the whole earth. They didn't like Jeremiah. They didn't like his message. And by the way, we're living in a society, we're living in a world where people don't want to hear the truth. And here's why. Because it steps on their toes. Because it convicts them. Because it points out the sin in their life. And, and Jeremiah said, I'm telling the truth. I'm just telling what God has said. But yet the people are, are, are against me. They're fighting against me. There's strife and there's contention. Verse number 14 I will make them to pass with thine enemies into a land which thou knowest not, for a fire is kindled in mine anger, which shall burn upon you. Verse number 15, Jeremiah says, O Lord, thou knowest. By the way, as bad as it was for Judah and as tough as it was for Jeremiah, I'm glad that God knows what we're going through. I'm glad that God has never, ever slipped up He's never forgotten. He's never had amnesia. He's never had a senior moment. God knows what you and I are going through. And God knew exactly what Jeremiah was facing. And Jeremiah said, Lord, you know. 
and would you please remember me? Would you please visit me? Would you please revenge me of my persecutors? You say, well, I didn't think revenge was in the Bible. It is. But revenge is not your job. And revenge is not my job. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. And Jeremiah said, Lord, I'd like to get even and I'd like to get back, but God, that's your job. That's your category. And would you please, God, revenge me? Take me not away in thy long suffering. Know that, that for thy sake I have suffered rebuke. Now, I don't like suffering, and if you're honest, you don't like suffering either. But can I tell you, if you and I, the Bible says, if we suffer as a Christian, there is a reward. And God will take care of that. And God will uh, not allow your labor to be in vain. And Jeremiah said, Lord, I'm suffering for your sake. I'll remind us tonight that everything we do ought to be for his sake. Everything we endure, everything we go through ought to be not for our sake, not for our purpose, but for him. And Jeremiah said, for thy sake, I have suffered rebuke. We'll come back to verse 16 in a moment. Verse 17, Jeremiah said, I sat not in the assembly of the mockers, nor rejoiced. I sat alone because of thy hand. I'll tell you tonight, maybe, and especially with this uh, quarantine and social distancing and stay at home and all this stuff going on, maybe you do feel alone. Maybe you feel like you're, you can relate to Jeremiah. You say, I feel like I'm alone. Yeah, I've got people I can talk to or people I can call, but I feel alone. I'll tell you this, you're not the first one to experience that. Jeremiah said, I sat alone. God, I felt like I was all alone. I felt like nobody else cared. And if you feel like you are all alone, I want to remind you tonight that you are not alone because God has not forsaken you. And he never will. God has promised, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And Jeremiah said, Lord, I feel so all alone. But verse number 18, Jeremiah talks about his pain and his wound, and he talks about all that he's going through. But then we get to verse number 19, and the Lord said, if thou return, then I will bring thee again. God said to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, if you'll come back to me, if you will allow me to use you, God said, Jeremiah, I will use you. I will use you to stand before me. I will use you uh, for my honor and for my glory. And God did use Jeremiah. In verse 20, God made Jeremiah a promise. He said, and I will make thee unto this people a fenced brazen wall. And they shall fight against thee, but they shall not prevail against thee. God told Jeremiah, he said, they are going to fight against you. You are going to have battles. You are going to have trouble. You are going to have people that don't like you. He said, they will fight against thee, but they shall not prevail, for I am with thee. Aren't you glad that God is with us? Aren't you glad that we're not in the battle alone? Aren't you glad that when the enemy comes, greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world? God said, I'm with thee to save thee and to deliver thee saith the Lord, verse 21, and I will deliver thee out of the hand of the wicked, and I will redeem thee out of the hand of the terrible. I'm thankful for the promises of God. 
the nation of Judah was going through a very difficult time, a very hard time, a, a, a very tumultuous time, but God made some promises to Jeremiah through those times. I want you to notice verse 16, and we'll go quickly. What made the difference for Jeremiah? What was the turning point for Jeremiah in what he was facing? Notice verse 16. Thy words were found, Jeremiah said. God, I found your words, and notice what he said, and I did eat them. That's, that sounds strange. He says, I found your words, Lord, and here's what I did with your words. I ate them. Now, now don't, don't try that at home. Uh, and maybe some of you uh, on Sunday night when Brother Nathan was preaching about all the food, you know, when you're at home watching online, it's probably tempting because you can get to the refrigerator. I'm not talking about tearing out pages and eating the pages. Jeremiah said, I found your words and I did eat them. And notice what he says. Thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. He said, God, your word did something for my heart. Your word did something for my soul. And just like food will do something uh, for your stomach or do something for your physical strength, Jeremiah said, God, your word did that for my heart, for I am called by thy name, O Lord, God of hosts. Number one, quickly, uh, as Brother Nathan did Sunday night, I'm giving a long introduction and a short message. Number one, I see the scripture. The scripture, Jeremiah said, thy words. Now, friend, I want to remind you, and I know you know it, and I know you've heard it before, but I want to remind you tonight that we're not going to all this work and we're not going to all this stuff with the radio and with online and drive in because I need you to come here and hear my ideas. That's not why we're doing it. We're doing it because we've got something more important than man's ideas. We've got something more important than man's theories. We have the word of almighty God. And that's what made the difference for Jeremiah. He said, thy words were found. He said, I didn't find the newspaper. I didn't find the blog. I didn't find the dictionary. I didn't find the, the, the old, uh, old book in the bookstore. He said, I found your words. Number one, the scriptures. Let's not forget what we have in our possession. We have the word of God. And friend, you may not be able to come and sit in a church building, but you have the word of God that you can read any time of the day. You have the Bible. I have the word of God, the scriptures. It is God breathed. It is inspired by God. Every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God, we have the Bible. I'm so thankful that we have the scriptures. Jeremiah said, thy words were found. Number one, the scriptures. Number two, I see the search. He said, thy words were found. He searched and he longed for and he sought after the word of God. I wonder when was the last time that you searched for the scriptures? I'm not talking about you left your Bible somewhere and you couldn't find it. I'm not talking about you, you had it in your, in your, your house and it got kind of moved. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about when was the last time that you opened the pages of Scripture and you got it out and you said, Lord, I've got to have something from you today. God, I've got to hear from you today. God, you've got to speak to me today. And I know it's a powerful book and I know it's a living book, 
But God, it's got to be real today, and you have to speak to me. If you don't search the Scriptures, and if I don't search the Scriptures in times like these, I've got news for you. You probably won't when things get better. And maybe God's using this time in our lives just to get our attention back in the Word of God. Maybe God's using this time to remind us that there's times to turn off the internet and there's times to turn off the TV and there's times to put everything aside and just say, God, I need to hear from you. The scriptures, Jeremiah searched for them. And by the way, if you search for the word of God, you will find it. God will speak to you. It's available. Uh, it is something that you and I have in our possession. But when was the last time you truly read it? searching for the truths. Many are too busy looking for other things that they fail to look for the scriptures. Many are too lazy to search for the truth. It's available, but you must look for it. You must listen to it. You must learn from it. The truth can be found, and Jeremiah found the truth. Number one, the scriptures. Number two, the search. Number three, I see the sustenance the sustenance, meaning the nourishment. Jeremiah said, when I discovered, when I found your word, he doesn't say I glanced at them. He doesn't even just say I read them. He doesn't just say I, I saw them. But Jeremiah says, I did eat them. What that means is that Jeremiah said, God, I needed your word more than a casual reading, more than an observation. I needed your word to get inside of my heart and inside of my life, and he consumed them. What do you do with good food? You don't just leave it on the shelf. You don't just leave it, leave it on the refrigerator. You don't just take a little, little, little nibble and spit it out. If it's good food, you consume it. You eat it. You chew it. You swallow it, and that food sustains you. That food provides nourishment. That food provides the sustenance that you need. I'll remind you, Matthew chapter 4, Jesus said it like this when he was fighting the temptation of the devil. He said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You see, this book, ought to be sweeter than the honey and the honeycomb. It ought to be sweet tasting. It ought to be enjoyable for the child of God to read it and to consume it. You see, Job said it is more. I esteemed it more than my necessary food. Now that's a hunger for the Bible. When you say, I'd rather have the word of God than to eat. But can I tell you? We must have the spiritual food of the Word of God. We must have the sustenance. We must have the nourishment. When you eat a good meal, don't you feel better? When you eat good food, doesn't it make you happy? Doesn't it help your life? Doesn't it put you in a good mood? And some of you right now, some of you are thinking, yeah, maybe that's the problem with my husband or wife all day. They're grumpy because they haven't had a good meal. I don't know what it is, but do what you have to do. But the sustenance is necessary. But then I see the strength. Verse 16, thy words were found and I did eat them. And thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. You see, these were not joyful days for the nation of Judah. 
These were not joyful days in the time that Jeremiah was living. But in the midst of these times, Jeremiah found joy. You know how you're going to find joy in the middle of a COVID-19 pandemic? You know how you're going to find joy in the midst of a, a, a shutdown and a stay at home? And you know how you're going to find joy with everything going on? You're going to find joy by getting in the Word of God and better yet, letting the Word of God get inside of you. It's our joy. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. So many Christians have no strength. They have no, no ability to go on because they have not gotten in the Word of God. It was not drudgery for Jeremiah to read the Bible and to consume the Bible. It was not boredom. It was not a chore. Jeremiah said, when I got your word, it was the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. Hallelujah for the strength that comes from the word of God. And lastly, I see the satisfaction. Notice what he says in verse number 16. Thy words were found. And I did eat them, and thy word was unto me the joy and rejoicing of mine heart. Notice the end of this verse. Jeremiah says, for, here's why. Here's why your word was such a, a joyful thing to me. For I am called by thy name, O Lord of hosts. You know what Jeremiah said? The word of God is so special to me. The word of God is so meaningful to me because I claim to know God. I am a child of God. I am called by his name. I'm not ashamed of it. In our vernacular today and in our lingo today, we would say, I'm a Christian. I've been saved. I'm born again. And I'm not ashamed of the word of God. I am called by his name. And when I get in the book, it brings me joy. And it brings me satisfaction because this book tells me where I'm going. This book tells me where I'm going to live forever. This book tells me that I'm a part of the family of God. And this book reminds me uh, that, 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 that God has promised that I am on the winning side. I'll tell you, God's word brings such joy to the Christian. You say, well, the word of God doesn't bring me a lot of joy. There's two reasons, and I'll be done. Number one... It's possible that the word of God doesn't bring you joy because you're not saved. You see, if you're not saved, if you do not know Christ as Savior, you're not going to like the word of God. As a matter of fact, it's probably going to bother you because the Bible tells us that we're all sinners. The Bible tells us that because of our sin, we are condemned already. We will spend eternity in hell because of our sin and the Bible tells us that there's only one way to get to heaven. And it's not because you're a good person. It's not because you join a church. It's not because you get baptized. It's because you humble yourself and say, Lord, I know that I'm a sinner. And I can't get to heaven on my own, but I trust you as my Savior. And by the way, there's good news for the lost person. There's good news that you can be saved and you can know for sure that heaven's your own. But one reason that you may not enjoy the word of God, maybe you're not saved. You say, well, well, but pastor, I have been saved. And there was a time in my life that I did trust Christ and, and I, I did that and I accepted Christ, but I still don't have that joy like I ought to have. Well, the second reason is this, and this is probably the reason for many people, and that is that you're backslidden, that you're not right with God. 
Because if you're backslidden, you know that you're not living the way that God wants you to live. And so when you read this book, it's a mirror. And it, it shows you. It shows you things that are not right that you need to get right. You say, well, what do I do? If I'm backslidden, how do I fix it? I'm so glad you asked. The Bible says that if we confess our sin, He's faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's what the nation of Judah needed to do. That's exactly what Jeremiah was preaching to them throughout this entire book. He was preaching the message of come back to God. Get things right with God. Can I tell you, the choice is yours. You can continue to live in sin. You can continue to harden your heart to the things of God. And you can continue to be miserable. Or you can experience the joy of the Lord. And you can get things right with Him. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.